Hello and welcome to a special edition of Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I sat down for an interview with Governor John Kasich of Ohio and Governor John Hickenlooper of Colorado. One a Republican, the other a Democrat. They have something of a buddy act that they've put together. Uh, two governors from opposite parties who talk bipartisanship and about overcoming the political divide in this country. Fascinating conversation. Here it is. Governor Hickelover, Governor Kasich, thanks for joining us. I want to start with the issue of guns. President Trump is going to be meeting with all 50 state governors. He's going to get a chance to hear from all of you on guns. What, what, what's your message about what to do with this, this scourge of gun violence in our schools? Well, I would... I don't think we should have military-grade weapons available to teenagers to start. Uh, I think we should be much more restrictive on who uses assault weapons and, and, and what their access is. Uh, universal background checks, I, you know, we did that in Colorado in 2014, the year after we had the shooting in the Aurora movie theater. Uh, and it was a big political battle, but universal background checks, I mean, they work. And, and every Republican in the state of Colorado I talked to was all for them, except the elected officials, who obviously have a political... Now, we're talking about universal background Universal checks. background checks. Could, could you go along with that? Oh, I mean, yeah. this is Including gun shows... Pro- yeah, yeah. I mean, if you Everything. want to sell somebody a gun, you got to find out who they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there's also right. has to be an improvement in the reporting system, the NICS system, so that everybody's reporting in, so we know who's doing things. And I think that's also very, very important. Uh, look, we've got to give the president credit on this one. I mean, if he falls through, wants to eliminate bump stocks or any accessories that turn a semi into a fully automatic, mm-hmm. he says he wants to do the background checks. Um, you know, John accomplished a significant number of things in Colorado after that horrible theater shooting. We're in the process of being able to accomplish some, I believe, some significant things in Ohio. For example, the gun violence restraining order. If somebody's in your household and you think that they are not stable emotionally, could cause harm to themselves or to somebody else, I believe that we have a fair chance of being able to pass that, I hope in my state, to be able to to say you can't have those guns. We're going to take them away and you want to get them back, you're going to have to go to court. Uh, there are a number of things that, that need to be done, John, and I'll give you another one the, you know, that I feel strongly about, and that's the, uh, uh, the large capacity magazines. I mean, why does somebody, why do you have to have a weapon with 30 bullets on it? I mean, can you limit that? So I have a committee in my, a group in my state, and they're looking at, at everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who are very strong uh, Second Amendment, who've made some compromises here, and some who think there should be limits. I'm hopeful that that we will get a consensus that can move the ball forward significantly in my state, and I'll probably have to have my own feelings in addition to what they're doing. We'll see how this all plays out, because the most important thing is to try to get something done, just like he did in Colorado. Okay, so uh, universal background checks, limiting the high-capacity magazines, uh, raising the age from 18 to 21 for for rifles. Fixing the NICS system so that the courts and and all these communities report in so we know you've got to have the reporting system. They have to have the data, and I think that's really critical. Okay, but you see these kids that are out there protesting. So courageous. They are so... Their courage You just... It's a new era of activism. A new era of activism, and the thing that they say over and over again, I've talked to a lot of them, is an assault weapons ban. Now, Governor Hickenlooper, even right after what happened in Aurora, 
you said that it was a tough sell to get a, uh, an assault weapons ban. And the two Democratic senators from your state back right after what happened at Sandy Hook voted against an assault weapon ban. Right. Is it still a tough sell? Yeah, it's still a tough sell. But, you know, this is all a function of, of public sentiment. And the same thing that Lincoln, you know, he said, with public sentiment, with public sentiment, nothing can fail. Without it, nothing can succeed. And he measured at what points he did. When did he let uh, African-Americans fight in the, with the Union Army? When did he actually free the slaves? All that stuff, you can't get too far ahead of public sentiment. I think public sentiment is clearly changing. And there are more and more people out there that are just saying military-grade weapons don't belong out on the streets. And if you want to, you want to shoot an assault weapon, let's put it at the shooting range. You have a special permit for it. You can still go shoot, you know, practice with it or shoot with it if you want, but it shouldn't be, belong out in the community. I think we'll eventually get there. So you, you actually voted for the assault weapons ban. I, I, did, you, you, I think you were a freshman we, member yeah, of the House. Uh, and I, was, I was there for a while, and I did vote for the assault weapon ban. Oh, oh, you, what we found was the manufacturers could just tweak the, the weapon, and then it didn't apply anymore. So my understanding is Diane Feinstein, she wants to get at this, and she's doing it through the ammunition. And I'll tell you what part of the problem is. Uh, an AR-15, frankly, I don't care if it exists, okay? But here's the thing, a Remington, uh, you know, hunting rifle, a, a, a thing to go out and hunt deer. People aren't worried about that. But it's that definition of what that means. To me, if you can get at the ammunition, then you will have made a significant impact on the ability of somebody without reloading to cause enormous damage. And maybe we'll see the president um, buy into that. I don't know yet. But here's the thing that John's saying. Everything kind of has its time. If we can move this thing significantly forward, our country will be safer. Our children will be safer. Um, but we've we got a moment now, a window. i tell you this thing, interesting thing about this window. A new era of activism among these young people, they're the future for our country. Yeah. And they are not going away. I saw some legislators in Ohio the other day, and I said, this, you, this is not going away. So we've got to be serious about this. And we'll see how far we can go. You remember well when George H.W. Bush took away, dropped out of the NRA, renounced his membership because Wayne LaPierre called FBI agents jackbooted thugs. We've seen LaPierre, still there, criticize the FBI again. We saw the national spokesperson for the NRA say that, that the news media loves mass shootings. She actually said that. At what point do Republicans need to step away from the NRA? Well, wait a minute. This, this, is, it, is, not, it, this is not just Republicans, i got to tell you, John. Well, yes, and it is. Tell you, two Democrat senators wouldn't vote for some of the things he wanted. This, you've got to stop thinking of that way. It is, and look, here's the issue. Everybody, and everybody focuses on the NRA should talk about them. But you know where the power in the NRA is? It's in the individual who lives in the community who's a gun owner, who's afraid that anything gets done here will mean that somehow they'll lose their gun. And the message is nobody's taking your guns. Nobody's doing that. Well, well, let me but ask that's you. where the strength of this, of this organization is in the neighborhoods, I believe. John, well, what do you think? Yeah. And it's a good point. I mean, the, the, the resistance to any gun control measures whatsoever, for as long as I've been covering politics, has been bipartisan. There have been Democrats and Republicans in the NRA uh, who are supported by the NRA who won't support anything in terms of gun control measures. But what I'm asking, and I'm asking you, Governor Kasich, the pre one of the former presidents from your party renounced the NRA way back in 1995. Any rhetoric that talks about the things that you mentioned is completely unacceptable. 
And, you know, look, I look at this issue and I'm moving on it. I don't really give two hoots who it is that likes it or doesn't like it. The issue for me is how do I get something done? You know, when you, we, and I formed this little group, you know, a couple months ago. How can I pass something? And I'm going to push as hard as I can, as far as I can, and then I'll have my own opinions about what might not have been done. But just squawking, complaining, calling names isn't going to get it done. One of the things the student activists have been talking about is trying to get political figures to say they won't accept money anymore from the NRA. Yeah, well, they, so far I don't think they've ever given me a chance. Do you think that Democrats should stop accepting money from the NRH? Republicans? It depends stop? on where they're, where they're, where they, what they feel and where they stand. I don't think it should necessarily be a strictly partisan issue. It should be each person, you know, with what, what their values are. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're at the point where we're allowing ourselves to be terrorized by ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that this... If you want to weaken this country, what better way to do it than to make children afraid to go to school? And you look at, it's not just schools, it's churches, it's listening to a country music concert. It's all the places that we create community are now being threatened by our inability to, to deal with this. And you go back to, to the Great Depression and all the, you know, the uh, John Dillinger and, and Machine Gun Kelly. They outlawed in 1934 the machine gun. Right? Mm-hmm. Automatic, that's where it came from, automatic weapons. And I think the bump stock should be illegal anyway already. I haven't read the law, and I'm not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But, but I think President Trump has the authority to get rid of the bump stock. Which he's trying through, to do now. Just, well, it's just through regulation. It yeah. doesn't have yeah. to go through Congress. Yeah. So I think that'll be an interesting battle. But I think at a, at a certain point, and that point is getting very close now, the country is just going to rise up and say, this is enough. This is, the, you're weakening. The, if our kids are scared to go to school, how well are they going to learn? John, there are, I have seen here uh, over the last few weeks people who really didn't want to move on this issue who are now beginning to say there's some reasonable things that we can actually do. How far they'll move, I don't really know because they can block the passage of legislation. What I've asked people to do is you've got to search your heart on this. Yeah. This is a not about who's got political power. This is not about campaign contributions. This is about how you want to look in the mirror and think about what you did when you were in. Nobody wants to take everybody's guns away. Nobody wants to repeal the Second Amendment. Oh, a few people. But this is about reasonable approaches to keep our communities safe. And I think that that appeal goes beyond politics, organizations. It's a matter of the heart and the mind. And you put them together, we can get progress. The one idea that the president seems most enthusiastic about is allowing teachers to bring concealed weapons to schools. And he's put the number of roughly 20% of teachers who would be qualified and able to handle a weapon. You think that's a good idea? By my calculation, by the way, it's about 700,000 teachers with concealed weapons. I, I don't know about the goals, but if in any of the schools that we have in our state, if there are teachers who say, look, I want to take training, I want to be able to be in a, a strong position. Because we had a, a school, you know, we had problems in our schools in Chardon. We, we lost kids. It was terrible. If there, if there is a way in which they can volunteer and get into a position of where they can be uh, a protection for kids, I think that's reasonable in terms of goals and all that. That's that, that, but I think but, but his idea is you provide a financial incentive for teachers to bring concealed weapons. Look, I, I don't, I'm going to tell you something. I've... We know about these teachers who threw themselves in the front of bullets down in Florida, yeah. who, who put their lives at risk in my state. 
this is not about bonuses. This is about the dedication to our children of these great people who love our kids, educate our kids, you're governor care the, about them. You're governor of the state where Columbine happened. You think this is a good idea? Well, you know, I went, when I first got elected, elected mayor in 2003 of Denver, uh, and I'd never run for anything, I made a, a, a promise to visit every public school in my first four years. I didn't, no one told me there were 161 schools. So I've talked to uh, probably over 1,000 teachers, and, and I, I don't think I ever, and, and after Columbine, I mean, this is right after, a few years after, there are people still very top of mind, a lot of people talking about it. I can count on one hand the number of teachers that said they wanted to be trained and wanted to be able to carry a gun. So I, I, I agree with, with John here that if, if volunteers want to do this and this is something that they're willing to go through serious training and, and, and really be responsibly uh, prepared for any, uh, any situation, you know, that's something we can look into. But to the expectation that you're going to get 20% of the teachers to go through that training and, and want it, it's not my, it was not my experience. See, I, I don't think, it, it, to be just repetitive here, you don't need to give them anything. Mm -hmm. These are people who love the kids. I mean, think about it. They threw their bodies in the way of the bullets, okay? Why'd they do that? They didn't need a bonus. You know why? Because they know that our Creator has told them, our kids are precious. And if I give my life for somebody else, like we've lost two police officers in my hometown just a couple weeks ago, they're going to get a big reward. It may not be here, but they will be honored forever through eternity. And that's where these teachers are. You've got to understand them. And we had, the first 40 days of this year, we had three sheriff's deputies killed in the line of duty. Three separate incidents, three separate parts of the state. And, and one of them was shot through protective armor. In other words, these, high, these assault weapons, they're military grade. And uh, I think at a certain point, those sheriffs are mostly from rural areas, mostly the conservative people worried about seeing guns taken away. I think you're going to see them want some more, some level of regulation over time. And I, and I think that's fair and reasonable. And I, it's, it's, it's going to come because I just fear that we've not seen the end of this. So uh, I hear a lot of bipartisan agreement from you guys. I hear this often whenever the two of you get together. It kind of cuts across the grain of what we see in the rest of the country, uh, <laughs> the divisions we see in Washington and, and, and really throughout the country. Well, we get along because he's older than I am. Oh, you know. like by eight days. I mean, it's like <laughs> a month, maybe. And, and you're both also going to be leaving office at roughly the same time, maybe even the same day. So what, 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 but what I want to ask you something that you probably don't agree on. What's going to happen in the midterm elections? Are you going to be working to elect Democrats, I assume? I assume you're going to be working to elect Republicans? What, 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 what are we going to say? So I'll certainly work to elect Democrats. Uh, I, you know, I expect the midterm elections to be a, a reflection largely of the Trump presidency, and we'll see how that pans out. Uh, but I think you know, the midterms, I mean, that's an election moment, right, that's going to be a kind of a, a referendum on, on the success of the administration. But, but we're all doing stuff right now anyway, and we're still working on, uh, I mean, John's trying to get this gun safety stuff through. We're trying to really get important projects done, and the election's always going to be, it's not the, the front and center. It's going to be the thing that happens while we're doing everything else. Is that fair? Well, we're very busy, but here's the thing. Um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all both busy. Um, I want to support candidates who I believe uh, want to take the high road. Those that want to create discord and those that want to put the party in front of the country, I'm not showing up. I mean, but for those who want to 
have courage. Those, I'm going to do the best I can to sort that out. If they want me, there's a presumption that they want me to come. We'll, we'll see. Um, I will tell you another thing. We may be beginning to see the end of a two-party system. Uh, I'm starting to really wonder if we're going to see a multi-party system at some point in the future in this country. Because I don't think either party is answering people's deepest concerns and needs. And uh, it's not one or the other. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, but I think over time, do not be surprised if these millennials and these Gen Xers begin to say, neither party works, we want something new. Uh, I will, and by the way, the Gen Xers and the millennials, God bless them, thank, thank the good Lord for them. They're now crossing over with more voter participation uh, than, the, than the baby boomers. There's a change coming in America. It is a new era of activism and, and citizenship, and it's exciting. I want to quote back something that you uh, said about your party. You said um, about Donald Trump that I simply could not swallow hard and set aside everything I believed for the good of the party, and you decided obviously not to support him. Well, the party is my vehicle, not my master. And, but is that uh, what too many Republicans are doing right now? Is they're just swallowing I, I, I can't. I, look, I'm not going to start criticizing others. I do it on the basis of policy. If the party is not for free trade, then I have to fight them. If the party is not for saving the dreamers and they want to start throwing all these people who are making great contributions out, then I have to go my own way. But at the same time, you know, I said the president has been doing a good job here on on what we need to do about Florida. I'm praising him for that. I think his push to say our allies need to do more for defense, I'm for that. So this is like, I feel like a lot of times like, I've had a lot of experience, almost like a referee. If they do something good, fine, I'm going to praise them. If they do something that I think is outrageous, which is kicking these DACA kids out of this country, I'm going to severely criticize them. That's, where I, that's how I've always been. And, you know, people forget but back when I was a congressman, I was offering a plan to balance the federal budget and fighting the Republican president, George, George, the first George Bush, back when I was in the Congress, offering my own budget against him because, you know, that's the way I operate. That's the way I was raised. Party is my vehicle, not my master. And are you concerned about the direction of the Democratic Party going too far to the left, becoming a voice of opposition and opposition above all? Opposition to Trump? Well, you certainly hear all the time now that the Democratic Party is, is swerving far to the left. And certainly, if you watch the media, you, you could get that impression. Talking to people every day in Colorado and talking to people every day in, you know, in other states, it, that doesn't seem to be the case with, with, de- with at least most of the majority of, uh, the majority of Democrats I talk to. Now, maybe there's a filter there that I'm only meeting certain types of Democrats. I think, you know, there's a, a push in healthcare to, to get to a, a single-payer system. It used to be like Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders alone. Now it's every Democrat who's even thinking about running for president in, 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 in the Senate right, but isn't, is on the, board. Shouldn't the question really be, if you, if you sit down with those folks and say, well, what about just getting to universal coverage? Let's mm-hmm. negotiate what the, how that's going to work. But let's go do, given what we have now, how, how successful can we be getting to universal coverage? Most people come around and say, huh, yeah, well, that makes sense. I'm for that, too. So I don't think it's going to be as narrowly focused as, as some people you, think. You know what's, what's interesting, and, and John is a moderate or conservative, whatever, Democrat, okay? He is. Uh, here's the thing that's interesting. You know, people want me to criticize my party. Let me tell you about Democrats. I have no clue what they stand for. 
And we are heading into a midterm election where they are counting on the Republicans bouncing the basketball off of their foot out of bounds, and they're going to have a decent 2018, a good year. But how could you have a national political party that has no agenda? They just no agenda, and and Democrats will tell you that. But well, what's the, what's the agenda of the Republican Party? Uh, listen, I mean, I, I right now both parties don't seem just, capable of having a coherent exactly agenda. Exactly why I'm saying <laughs> that our young people are fed up, and why I'm saying that the prospect of a multi-party system in this country is a real possibility. So. Don't get defensive about the Democrats. <laughs> I, we, we, I spend more time criticizing the Republicans. Maybe you ought to speak out more about the Democrats. <laughs> right, look, look, both of you guys are going to be out of office in, in about 11 months. Are yep. you going to run for president? You know, the moment I start talking about this, and I say it all the time, I've got an amazing cabinet working on a Swiss version <laughs> so, of a so is, that, is that a maybe? So, so we're going to focus on, on finishing strong and doing our apprenticeship programs and our outdoor recreation stuff. We've got a lot to do. So what I'm doing is I haven't formed a pack. I don't have committees all over the country. I'm not so doing. It's, it's not a yes, but it's not a no. It's a maybe. Exactly. And same with you. <laughs> we're, we're running for president, for president. of the Lions of the, Club in the <laughs> United States of America. John, I have no idea what I'm going to do when I. You know what? I tell you where I leave this. I'd like to have a voice. I'd like it to be constructive. I'd, I'd like it to rally people. But frankly, in the end, of, at the end of the day. It's in the hands of the Lord now, as to what my future is. Don't cut me off when I'm I saying that. It's in, it's in the, listen, it's in the hands of the Lord. I don't yeah. know what he wants me to do, uh, but I want to serve the country. John and I have done something unique, hanging together. We laugh together. We have fun, but we're also deadly serious. And people have loved this. And they think there's something in it for us. And the only thing I want are some tickets to Red Rocks. That's all <laughs> so, I want. Okay, so, but, but you've ruled out running as a ticket, as a future ticket, well, right? That's not going to happen? Well, Definitely I said not? yesterday, if he gets to nominate Nation as a Democrat, I can maybe be his vice president as a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've, moved, we've moved some ground here. So we, <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it. Okay. Uh, that's all right. No, I'm telling you. Could, you. could you ever support presidential candidate Hickenlooper running as a, as a Democrat? Is he a nominee? If he's the nominee of the Democratic Look, I'm, Party, I'm a Republican, okay, yeah. and I like I like John very, very much. I think he's a he's uh. a no. I think he's a fine leader. I can't predict what the future is <clears> going to look like, but I'm a Republican, and I I'm a conservative Republican. And sometimes the definition of what it means to be a conservative Republican today, uh, you we don't recognize what it means today. Mike uh, Pence told CPAC that 2017 was the most consequential year ever for the conservative movement, the year of Donald Trump. Well, look, being a conservative in my party has always meant being concerned about debt, not blowing the debt up. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's welcoming immigrants and being a party of open. It is uh, a, a party of free trade where we can compete in the okay, world. Okay, so all those things this is not dead what, set against yeah, Donald well, Trump. Well, okay, so, then I, I disagree with that. Okay, I disagree with that. Should, should our allies spend a little bit more to support themselves? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's... Look, John, it's a tug-of-war in the Democratic Party from the hard left to the middle. Yeah. It's a tug-of-war in the Republican Party from a party I don't quite recognize to, to where Ronald Reagan used to stand, where I used to be in the Congress and work with him. I don't know who's going to win this. We'll have to see. So you're a maybe on running for president. Is it? I mean, I'm a maybe. I don't have any point. I didn't say that. I said <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, that sounds, it's not a no, it's not okay. a yes, well, it's a right. maybe, I'll give right? You maybe. Okay, give me a maybe. So are you more likely to run as an independent or as a Republican? I'm a Republican. So, so you're really not running as an independent. Me, let me tell you something about the state of politics today. 
we, you know as a reporter at the White House, you don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. That's true. Let alone the next, next 15 week. minutes. So okay. don't try to pin Hickenlooper <laughs> and me down because we're, we're above being pinned down. There, no news. <laughs> but, 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 but you don't rule out challenging Donald Trump. For no, the I, I'm not. I don't have any intention. To, I'm not even thinking about it. I, I don't have. You I'm not think about it a little. No, I don't. I don't think about it. You know what? Because I can't predict the future, and I can't do what is going to be expected of me at some level to serve my country. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. I just don't know. And do I sit around at night thinking I want to go through running for president again? Do you ever try it? Go try it once. Give me a call. See how much fun it is. We'll see what the future brings. What would it take for you to do it? I'm not speculating now. We're done with this. I'm not going any farther. All right. I'm All done. right. On that note, thank you very much, Governor Hickenlooper, Governor Kasich. Yeah. Thank you. All Appreciate right, John. it. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> All right. That was John Kasich of Ohio, along with John Hickenlooper of Colorado, both leaving office within 11 months and both giving me a maybe when it comes to running for president. We'll catch you again soon with the next edition of Powerhouse Politics. Again, I am Jonathan Carl with ABC News.